Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of No Highway Option. It's the cinema podcast where we answer the one question that applies to every film ever made. Is it better or worse than Vin Diesel's 2005 seminal masterpiece, The Pacifier? I'm one of your hosts, Connor J. Burke. I've never been more prepared. (laughs) Sorry, I just got excited. No, hey, that's okay. It's great to have people excited. I'm one of your hosts, Connor (laughs) J. Burke, and, um... My favorite aliens in media, it's a tie between uh, E.T.'s friend Teakley from the Green Planet, he's a mushroom-headed boy, or Poe Dameron, because they're not from Earth, so every human quote-unquote in Star Wars is an alien. Uh, I'm your other host, Luke, and my favorite alien in media is Adrian Monk. Adrian Monk? Um, <laughs> that's, that's, I stand that's by just calling off, is everything... Does everything count as an alien? Because I'm just gonna, I'm just hey, gonna look, assume that's. If I learned anything, if I learned anything from this week's movie, it's that everyone's an alien to another alien. So. True. And you know what? Tony Shalhoub's an alien in Men in Black too. So I'm gonna pretend you're talking about him. I also. <laughs> we'll get there, but I, I, there were places where I really wanted Tony Shalhoub to be in this movie. <laughs> Alright. And that might be it. That might be why. Alright, that's and fair. We have a very special guest. Yeah, I'm uh my name is Joshua Kurtz. Uh I'm a Pisces. That's not true. I don't it's not even true. I don't know why I said it. <laughs> um I'm having a great time here. Uh and my favorite alien from media. I've literally been thinking this whole time and can't think of one, so I'm just gonna have to fake it and say um the the um have you seen Star Trek Lower Decks? The I've seen if ads you haven't, for it. that's fine. It's one of the ones from Star Trek. There's a there's this great alien on Star Trek Lower Decks that is just energy and it exists solely to be energy and it gets absorbed trying to kill someone. And it's a delightful little alien. He's nice. my favorite. Now, I'm committing to that for the rest of my life. <laughs> well, we're going to hold you to it. Yeah. Yeah, in a couple Okay, of, you, be, you better. A couple of years we'll <laughs> just bring if you, you back ever on. Catch me. Yeah, if you ever catch me praising another alien over that alien at any point in time, you have my permission to slap me across the face. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, in case you couldn't tell by that little intro, the movie that we watched this week, given given to us by our last guest, Alex, is the 1999 Disney film My Favorite Martian. Yes. Now, do either of you have a history with this? Uh, I do actually have a history with it. My history is I watched it two and a half hours ago <laughs> that's my history a similar history with yeah. this movie <laughs> this is definitely one i remember seeing ads for it when i was five and it kind of never left the back of my head like was that a real movie and it is um and it's probably the scariest movie we've covered for this podcast is that true really? to is me that real? to me it is I literally have a bit about fear later, unrelated to anything, which I was going to, like, drop as, like, part of something, like, unrelated. And I don't... Okay, we'll get into that. I I took notes as I watched these movies, because I know how I am with forgetfulness. And I, like, got seven notes into My Favorite Martian and, like, lost interest in taking notes because I was just enjoying the movie. And I took... uh, Approximately 426,000 notes for the pacifier, so... uh, (laughs) Uh, which only one of which really matters, but um, anyway, <laughs> we'll get to I'm excited. That. I'm excited I'll, to his I'll circle let you guys, back to that. Yeah. Oh yes, I'll let you guys lead the way on this um, because I don't know what I'm doing. All right, so we want to start going over my favorite Martian. Hell yeah, let's do it. All right, so we open real, real quick. Are we sorry? Are we playing blue? Like, what? Am I allowed to say swears? Oh yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, cool. it doesn't matter. I don't know if I'm going to. All I just flies. want to make sure I'm clear. All right. Fantastic. <laughs> All right, so we open on what is day 85 of the Mars probe mission. And probe's going around Mars, doing its Mars thing, and it dies at a rock. And they celebrate, but <laughs> there's a Martian town behind it. It got so close. And it's literally just for the bit. It's li- mm-hmm. They don't ever <laughs> revisit that. It's yeah, only there's... for the bit of the intro. <laughs> and then, like, had... yeah. Before the rover stopped, I was writing down, like, this Mars doesn't look terrible. Yeah, they're stopped and okay. we panned up to the fucking Spyro level behind it. <laughs> the the best CGI you've ever seen, I think, is what you meant to say. <laughs> There's um that might that might have been the best CGI in the movie at least because the that's, later we okay, get well that's fair. I actually I'm a call out. The best CGI in the movie was the dress. There was one point where they had to make a dress CGI and it almost slipped past me. Oh, so okay. Close. I think I know what you're talking about. When 
when when the are, am I allowed to say spoilers yet? Yeah, oh, it's fine. Yeah. Am I skipping too far ahead? It's fine. Uh, when the suit is dancing and wrestling with the dress in the clothing shop, right. they definitely switch that dress to CG as soon as it started swinging around. I'm like, oh, I, I almost got past me. It was close. Oh, cool. Anyway. So we meet our main character, Tim O'Hara. Sorry. It's all right. Uh, we meet our main character, Tim O'Hara, played by Jeff Daniels. He's a struggling news producer, and he's pining after the boss's daughter, Brace, played by Elizabeth Hurley. Uh, so his boss gives him some fluff pieces, but he's finally given a chance to cover the Vandenberg Space Shuttle launch with Brace. And everything goes well until he tells Brace, until Brace is copying everything he says, and she says, God, you're beautiful, to the spaceman. Brace is not a name, It's right? not. It's okay. not at all. Brace is what you put on your teeth or legs. Brace is the kind of name uh, that, like, if they're copying the, the energy of the name, like, for a parent who named their kid Blade... But, like, didn't quite get it right. Like, that's the yeah. feeling of giving someone the name. You saw what they were headed for. It's, it's like, we need, we missed yeah. it's like Hunter, but for a dentist's kid. Uh, <laughs> um, there's also a lot of Jerry Garcia stuff, because it's called, like, the Deadhead Missile or something. I forget. But, yeah, there's a whole bunch of Jerry Garcia jokes in there, which is sort of unexpected to me. Yeah, but they're there for a comet uh, it's the fiona comet but surprise it's actually ufo containing our favorite martian well tim's favorite martian i don't know if he's my favorite but uh yeah it's got a martian the ufo shrinks so tim takes it because he's like this is weird i watched this crash but now brace is mad at me and i got fired um we see bits and pieces of a practical martian suit the practical suit isn't bad it's a little freaky looking, but no. it looks all right. I kind of wish I had gone into this not seeing the movie, because your description is just A+. Plus. This is amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. You know what made less sense than the practical, than the, the suit, was the fact that Harvey Wired, Wired, no, no, definitely not, Harvey Firestein had a British daughter. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, he, they do. It's not actually Harvey Firestein. I that actor's been in other stuff, and he's good, but he's always playing like dollar store. Her. He's pretty much dollar store Harvey Firestein. Yeah. He's always like a boss, being like, "What are you doing? You're just a big screw up. Get out of here!" Yeah. But um, they, I like to think about something. Of, oh, we might have. I like to think we would contribute a lot of like jokes and humor and like stuff to this. One thing I will not be able to contribute is any knowledge of actor names whatsoever. Uh, I can recognize, like, oh, hey, say Jeff, Jeff Goldblum. That sure is an actor I've heard of and seen in things, but I couldn't put a face to it. I'm god-awful with that. Um, Jeff Goldblum is a bad example. I can't actually put a face to that name, but you get the idea. Guy's name was Michael Lerner. Sure. I bet it, I bet it was. Yeah. Um, he's an elf. He's uh that, yeah. He played Roger. He's the guy who kind of reminds you of Harvey Firestein in Elf. He played Roger Ebert in Godzilla. Um Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So uh they do make a quick mention of Brace going to English boarding school. It is one throwaway line. But I, I guess miss it entirely. I guess she like absorbed it enough or Elizabeth Hurley wasn't a very good actress and was hired for her looks. Um Anyway, the, the character was a dum dum. She played a dum dum. Yeah. So Tim gets fired, even though the space shuttle segment seemed really solid, even but... up to the end. Like honestly, I think the newscaster calling the spaceman beautiful was an A plus. Like that's a winner for me. Yeah, that's like that shows patriotism. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it still could have stuck. But uh, so Tim's upset he takes the ufo home and the martian who is now chewing gum to look like christopher lloyd and is played by christopher lloyd uh follows him home and he's able to turn invisible thanks to his two little antenna and he's got a bunch of vague powers but he gets knocked out i would like to pitch a theory at this point uh because this is the moment in the movie when i noticed the vague powers i'm like I think before they turn this into My Favorite Martian, a reboot, this was a pitch for an episode of Doctor Who. And when Doctor Who turned it down, they're like, all right, well, what? Uh, how else can we skin this? Because he waves his finger like a sonic screwdriver and whatever he wants to happen, happens. Yeah, there you go. It's got like the little static <laughs> Sorry, noises. It's just like... <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I, I thought it was a weird... Christopher Lloyd has a very specific look. Um, and if I was like trying to blend into a crowd and be inconspicuous man, it would not be Christopher Lloyd's face that I would pick. Is he able to control it though because of the gum or is that just like what the human form of this alien would look like? <laughs> this is specifically gum that makes you Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd gum, yeah. It, it just makes him human because like later uh, when Lizzie becomes the Viernach 7 or whatever it is, like it has like little blonde patches for like hair, doesn't it? So like... It, this might just be like, oh, what would he look like as a human? I guess Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> That's, That's a fair. lot of logic. Well, yeah, because the other, uh, the other alien that we see at the end, he doesn't look like Christopher Lloyd, but he's chewing human gum. That's he's the uh, he's got to be the original, right? Yeah, yeah, he is. Okay. That's what I figured. Um, yeah, they, they they were not ashamed of to admit that this is like. That like they kept mentioning like 1964. I'm like, oh, that's when the TV show came out. Yeah. I remember. <laughs> I know how that works. It's like in the Rise of Skywalker where they're like, they only hold this celebration once every 40 years. Guess when A New Hope came out? It's like we know. Ah, yeah. Um. Anyway, so after the Martian is knocked out, his suit named Zoot, uh, comes to life Riot. and start yeah, and starts fighting. Tim, he's voiced by an uncredited Wayne Knight, and um, he's got a lot of weird cool. jokes. He like goes underneath the couch and says, "Look, I see Jimmy Hoffa." Yeah. He, I, I would say that Zoot has the, the there's okay for the most part the movie aged pretty well. Like honestly, I belly laughed at a lot of it. I thoroughly enjoyed this. I would say Zoot has the largest number of jokes that did not age well and are no longer okay or cool uh, as soon as zoot did the thing where he uh shaped his uh himself into breasts to objectify someone <laughs> like, oh cool yeah that's that's the kind of character this is he heard a girl at the door and went time to give myself titties like, he called them tires tires yep. <laughs> well <laughs> such an odd pick uh, although i will say i would say wallace sean uh Wallace Shawn. He has okay. he either overtakes him or is at least a close second on the jokes that haven't aged well. Yeah, we'll get to that. Um, yeah. So, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's that's that was the top joke, the singular <laughs> top joke, and yeah. I'm sure we all know what I'm talking about that did not age well. But we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. I I would dare say that joke what probably didn't land the first time around, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. <laughs> The whole the whole thing with Zoot, like he lands sometimes, but sometimes it's like, where did, what's going on? This is just like they put- listen. He he said down, he said Downey the Hatch and won my heart. So <laughs> yeah. I will say that uh, Zoot makes it into my criteria, and uh, not surprising. So all I'll say about that. I don't get... know the criteria uh, yet, so I'm excited. According to IMDb trivia, Zoot was supposed to be a silent character originally, and then in post production, they were like, "He needs something." So they, I guess, they were like, "Wayne Knight, here's a uh, forty-three million dollars and a bunch of caffeine. Just start talking." <laughs> um, so this is when we meet Lizzie, uh, Tim's coworker and friend, played by Daryl Hannah. Uh, Martian imitates Tim because he's knocked out and gives Lizzie a kiss, but she's really into it. And, you know, just this is Is, a hard movie. Is kiss the right word for what he did? (laughs) Is that is that what it was? Because I could I could show you we are on a visual medium. This is not is this a video podcast as well? No, it's just audio. We see this for now. Just audio. Okay, well, uh, they're the audience is gonna have to trust that I could do a very flattering imitation of what it was. And it was not a kiss. <laughs> I mean, he does continually refer to it as saliva exchange. So it's that's funny. true. The kiss that I can't argue that. Lizzie one. worse than the licking of the old woman's hand. Yes. No. 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 no, no sorry. Not no, worse. The, no. I mean, the I licking of the neighbor's hand. Distinctly not worse. <laughs> um, Mrs. Brown, the neighbor, she comes by a few the, times to the, be like, "We're having a yard sale," and that's pretty much it. I thought the best, the best like line of that entire section was Doc's running around naked, and he yells at the zoo. He tells him that he didn't cover up the flam dangle. <laughs> that got points. <laughs> I didn't get that. One. See, I was gonna say that 
my my favorite line is when he licks the old lady's hand and she just goes it's fine no it isn't it's not fine <laughs> it I certainly think, is not the explanation for him is he's from new york because this is set in california so like ah yes what a great there are weirdos in new york but well, at the same yeah, time that's how my uh that's how the my thing work is... training went earlier it's a lot of hand licking <laughs> The thing is, what I, what I like about it is that there's a lot of stuff like that that absolutely does not track, but the movie is so self-aware that it's okay. Like, it acknowledges what it is, and all the actors know exactly what it is, so none of that felt unbelievable, even if it was wild. Yeah, I guess you're right. Um, so we meet our villains, uh, Armiton, played by Ray Walston, and Coli, played by Wallace Shawn. I'm always happy to see Wallace Shawn, even if he's doing this. It's not. It's only the one he's, part. Uh, his, of course, it was sign of the times. Yeah, according to the trivia, once again, his full name is Elliot Coli, which was purposely made to sound like E. Coli. <sighs> oh, that was in the movie too. That was like he. That is said in the movie. Oh, man, I watched uh, this early in the morning. <laughs> yeah, it's near the end, but he is referred to as his full name at one point. I'm like, okay, that was intentional. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So then Tim wakes up and just a lot of screaming and CG happens in a row. Uh, Christopher Lloyd drops the humans only use 10% of their brains nonsense. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Which, I mean, we're still talking about. And this is when the Martian gets his name, Uncle Martin. Because Mrs. Brown mishears Tim when he's screaming he's a Martian. Yes. Because Tim is just fully insane at this point, trying to, like, Mm -hmm. get this freak out of his house with his vague pointing powers and his sexual harassment spacesuit. Sexual harassment spacesuit was the uh, discarded title for this film, by the way. (laughs) Right. uh, They're trying to get him a new outfit in a clothing store. And the and Zoot is just slapping a lady's ass over and over. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The whole time Zoot is in the store, he's fucking moving around, and they're talking to him. They're having a full on conversation, and nobody notices. Nobody sees nope, shit. Nobody sees nobody. anything. It's. I, they're so careful. You can't let anybody know. He hides his ship. He's so careful in the first scene, and then for the rest of it, he's floating ice cream around with his mind. And it's like, <laughs> I guess you can do that too. I think we're supposed to assume that like the Men in Black come and neuralize everybody immediately. Yeah. Like once that tracks. Once I mean, they I hear have... about it, it's just. Um. I'm totally into that. This is when we're introduced to the concept of the Martian gum, where it turns you into other aliens, but on the outside, he specifies on the outside, which is a big sticking point for me later. Um, Tim tries it, and his hands get purple, and he gets all tentacly. He gets all scared. Which, which also doesn't track, because later when someone else does the same thing, like, does he eat the... No, never mind, because he had a different gum. Yeah, he eats a Nurglax gum or something. They they do give it a name. There's enough gums in the pile that they can conveniently walk themselves out of it. It's it's also at this point that they uh, introduce the best joke that goes unsaid in the movie, which is Chekhov's gum. (laughs) That's good. Sorry, go on. Um, Wait the whole time to say that. We're introduced to the concept of Vinox Seven. You don't want to mess with the Vinox Seven. I think they're gonna mess with the Vinox Seven. Uh, there's yeah, the gum turning you into the exterior of the alien is further proved by when uh, Beans from Even Stevens tries to take some gum, and Christopher Lloyd sticks his terrifying purple multi pronged tongue out at him. That got a laugh. That that got a fear. It's a scary tongue. <laughs> what check one on the fearometer? <laughs> There's a lot of moments of fear in this for me. Uh, so I don't. I'm. I mean, it's it's a lot of it is stem. A lot of it is stemming from when I saw like commercials for it when I was five and didn't understand what CGI was. So I was just like, that's not supposed to happen, and my brain is fully disconnected. 
and like so scared. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So my body's like, I think you're still scared of this. I'm like, I shouldn't be. <laughs> um. Anyway, so Tim, even though he's fired, has to go to a senior citizen, uh, tanning contest. What what contest? Well, he was just going there to get the equipment. They were there filming. Yeah, but they also said they needed him because Felix, another producer, was he didn't know how to handle Brace. Yeah. Because he made her say I don't, did they? What was what was the word that she couldn't say? Um, kept saying I like, forget. like, in, she, like she, she switched it to contraception. Yeah, it was contraception instead of conce- it, instead of conceived or something. It, it was something I don't know. It was whatever. It was something along. Um, those but lines. I don't think they actually did. They call her him there. I thought he just showed up and decided to help because the people were like, "Oh my god, you're here! Thank God, please help!" Yeah. Okay. Because he was just he was just showing up to steal the camera to try and take footage of. Yeah, he Martin. wants to get footage of Martin to like prove that aliens are real. But also, who could focus on anything else except for the old tan titty dance man? <laughs> old um, tan titty dance man. <laughs> It's interesting enough, that's actually his full name. Yeah. Old Tan Titty Dance Man. Yeah, man, there's a whole limerick about him. Passed down from generation <laughs> to generation. So, Coli at this point has gone to the UFO crash site and has seen Brace's cigarette with uh, some alien sneeze on it. So they believe that Alien is the Martian. Brace. And Brace. Yeah, I said Alien is the Martian, didn't I? That And that would be true. <laughs> Honestly, her name might as well have been Alien. It's true. It would have made more sense. <laughs> what if it was? What if Alien was the Martian, but it's like Alien from the Alien vs. Predator series? Uh, See, that would that would yeah. If it, if if Christopher Lloyd was a xenomorph the entire time, I would be a yeah. little more interested in this. <laughs> and surprisingly, less is less scary. Yeah, how that works. <laughs> he opens out his mouth, and a smaller Christopher Lloyd comes out. <laughs> uh, so. The Coli and the goons kidnap Bryce, Brace, believing she is the alien. And while this is happening, Martin's eating ice cream. He's just having an ice cream party, making ice cream float and using his purple tongue to slurp it up. And it's gross. And nobody cares. <laughs> and everyone just goes, yeah. that was oh, a fun that was little. weird. <laughs> yeah, like he's escorted out and everyone's like, well, that was a fun little show. You know, it's like when you tip at Coldstone, except times a thousand. I mean, okay, also, let's let's say it's twenty years ago, and not everyone carries video cameras on them at all times, so you didn't have a way to videotape it. What do you do when you walk into an ice cream store and there's ice cream whirling around like a tornado? Leave. Okay, <laughs> let me rephrase that. What do you do if you are already you're in the ice cream store, and to leave you have to walk past the swirling ice cream? What do you do? I mean, exits are south and west and blocked by a wolf. No. <laughs> <laughs> I stay. I watch. Do we have to roll? <laughs> I cer- I certainly wouldn't like. Okay, I agree with you. I would leave, but I also wouldn't like tell the police. Yeah, because like, what do you tell them? There is a swirling ice cream man. Is anyone hurt? The business, maybe. <laughs> Did you also peg that every time Martin interacts with ice cream? The, the claw finger thing he does, he gets his... I missed that. And, and it's not like an effect. It's like, I don't know whether the ice cream is like just warm enough to be able to move a little, but not so warm that it's melted. But he sticks his index finger in and gets like half a scoop oh, with just I, one finger. I didn't notice that. That's delightful. Did that happen in the pacifier? <laughs> Would love if it did. Yeah, right. So, for about three seconds, Coli thinks Brace is an alien, but then it's revealed that she's not. So now she's a villain, too, because she's going to get the proof of Martians and become famous and whatever. Um, <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> do you know that aliens sleep for 12 seconds at a time? Now you do. <laughs> and Tim is being tortured. Like literally, yes. Can uh, this is at the point where Zoot is Zoot loves the washing machine. Spin me, Mama. Yes, yeah. he's in there for half the film. He is. Uh, <laughs> this is when he says, "Downy the hatch." 
Yeah. As he drinks yeah. fabric softener. <laughs> he It's so good. That's such a good line. He has a similar <laughs> final line, line of the film. <laughs> but um and then also very good. We also have the Tim Lizzie dynamic uh playing with Tim talking about Martin and being like, This is weird. Last night was weird. I don't know what was happening with last night. And Lizzie thinking it's about the kiss or saliva exchange or whatever you want to call it. Face suck. I don't know. (laughs) Sure. That Uh, fucking mess. But then we find out, oh no, Martin's spaceship is a rental. And it's going to blow up at 9 p.m. That's why it was going to blow up. I love that there is... I love that there is a comet that they can predict flying past earth and they predict this comet because it's a comet flying in a predictable path but it was a spaceship the whole time that's i love that that was their excuse for it. and a rental spaceship no less See, where is he going a, a rental i guess because his thing was in the shop he just wanted to go for a joyride i think he mentions that but what i don't understand is the business model of a rental place that will blow up your vehicle at a certain time, if something happens to it. Wait, I'm going to defend this one. You ready for this nonsense? Okay. okay. No, because here it goes. Here it yes. comes. Because I think, I think, we're about to get really leftist on here. I apologize if it's not okay. But I think that uh, aliens have evolved beyond capitalism. It's not about, for them, making money off of this. He said it was to, they did that to protect the technology so it didn't wind up in the wrong hands. As far as I'm concerned, aliens are a communist society and people just get what they need. He called it a rental because I don't – because okay. the, movie, the writing was bad. Um, <laughs> but I believe it was a kind of a, the equivalent oh, – it's a borrow. It's like, hey, my ship's in the shop. You get this one for, for now. You get a loaner for now. Uh, and if it, something happens to it, don't worry. We'll blow it up. So I, it's – I just think people just get what they need in those societies because it's kind of perfected the sort of uh, structure of a society where everyone gets the things they need for any given moment rather than uh, are forced to work for their entire lives to maybe afford them. All right. I like that. But they've evolved past the point of it, but they haven't evolved past the point of uh, the concept of private property. And I only oh, no, won't do that. this for so yeah. long or it will explode. <laughs> they're communists, but they're still selfish. To a point. <laughs> Listen, I didn't say it was a good excuse. It was just an excuse. They're almost there. <laughs> So they're ooh, so cl- ooh, so close. <laughs> so uh, at this point, oh, this is this is really when like it's happening, and I don't understand why nobody is terrified of this movie. So Martin uh, starts talking about how he's depressed. He yeah, he lives the dream that I had as a child and drinks a lava lamp. Lava lamps always looked tasty. How much fun do you think that art department had making a drinkable lava lamp? Oh, it's probably a blast. What do you think it was? Okay. Water and goo. Uh, See, that's the thing is, non-funny real answer, probably like Sprite or some sort of fizzy water, and they just CG'd the lava lamp stuff in as soon as he started drinking. Uh, But that's the boring answer. I think think it was alien spit. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't they have a drink called like Orbeez that had little orbs in it? Yeah, That was like a mini lava lamp. Maybe it was just a big bunch of Orbeez or whatever it was called. (laughs) Big Orbeez. Uh, Martin starts talking about how he's depressed and falling apart, and then his limbs start falling off. Is this where you take beef with it replicating only the outside? Oh, no. But that's a really good point. Because it mentions that the disguise is on the outside, and yet he keeps all his human limbs when he's literally falling apart. Yeah, that's... <laughs> the gum is being chewed the by the head, the rest should revert that's, to alien. That's a really good point. That's This is not the thing where I take uh, umbrage with it. <laughs> I have to stop because if I pick apart the things that don't make physical sense of this film, I could go all night. We could talk about the fact that heads shouldn't be able to speak when lungs are not attached. But fuck well, it. He has telekinesis. I don't care. Yeah, no, that 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 I'm fine with. That I'm like, it's a fictional thing. There's just one thing that bothers me much later. But yeah, okay, so, I'm, so, I'm, so how much this. neck was attached to the head? There's a lot of neck when attached it came to came off the head. body? <laughs> well, I mean, they got to have Christopher Lloyd's, like head inside the floor at points for like the non-cgi shots yes uh, man that's that was so but much there, neck there was a lot of neck there's a lot of just loose arm flailing around a and touching people arm. like people like brace who's at the door yeah. when we are expecting lizzie um 
And so Brace is touring Tim's apartment. He has a street shark for some reason. It was just in the center of the frame and it really distracted me. I'm like, why is there a street shark? (laughs) Martin's disembodied arm is giving Brace a massage and Tim uses the disembodied arm to grab wine. This is three edits away from being a real horror movie. That's fair. That's fair. (laughs) I'll grant you. You weren't laughing at that? No, I was terrified. Oh, man. I was was laughing. I was laughing, but I will grant that that is scary out of context. Like, just the whole, just just these, like, visuals just are freaky. Um, So Brace successfully steals the tapes of Martin. Uh, Tim gets footage of Martin in the hot tub as a Martian because he, uh, without the gum, because he wants to feel water on his Martian skin because Mars is so dry. At this point, Lizzie comes and discovers Zoot and ends up getting shrunk inside the ship. Before, they very briefly, and I thought they were going to make a much bigger deal about it, they did the whole thing where, oh, Lizzie showed up, but Brace was there. Oh no, love interest, quabble, and then she just gets shrunk in a ship and all is forgiven. Yeah. She's like, oh, well, there are bigger things happening than this. (laughs) Literally everything, because I'm very small now. (laughs) So now Tim likes Martin and the ship needs some, has needed some type of electron something or other. And it's pretty much the same as an alternator inside a car. Convenient. <laughs> but before they can fix the ship and send Martin home, they need to get the tapes that Bryce is going to put on air soon. So Martin disguises himself as Brace and tries to go on to do the newscast but it's forced out of the gum is forced out of his mouth so he starts turning back into an alien on camera <laughs> shenanigans they ensue elbow him in the head <laughs> i'm so glad that they had one person there be like guys that's the alien there the alien is and the uh, and the dumbass uh film producer uh studio owner had to be like no it's my daughter shut the fuck up yeah my daughter's not an alien she just has an accent <laughs> Uh, and and then we we're rapidly approaching the worst line in the movie. So so yeah, this is a uh, so uh, Martin as Brace starts transforming back into an alien. They get the gun back in his mouth and they're like, "Hey, we should run." As they're running, they discover Brace's dressing room where Brace is tied up. Oh, and uh, by the way, the Martian footage was replaced with old tan titty man. Old hand titty man, yeah. That's weird, dude. He rubs her arm with the one (laughs) finger, and then she's not interested in him, so he barks at her till she goes away. (laughs) Very weird, old hand titty man. I think we have the name of the. I think we have the episode (laughs) title: "The Ballad of Old Hand Titty Man." (laughs) Yeah. Uh, the first time it was mentioned was Old Tan Titty Dance Man, but I like the second iteration better. Old Tan Titty Man just flows real nice. So, yeah, this is the worst thing where Brace is completely tied up and gagged and Coli creeps on in. Yeah, so, so basically, and I think they try to justify this, so I'm going to set this up for the audience, and they too can see how it's not justified at all. They try to justify it by making Brace irredeemable. They try to make her just, like, dumb and also mean, which is everything you want from a, a character that you don't want to redeem. Uh, she's clearly played as super stupid, and then she, like, comes into, like, she knows that uh, the main character likes her, so she, like, tries to seduce him to get the tapes. Um, and so she, like, kisses him to, like, win him over, and it's like, oh, that's mean because, well... But he still, at the time, wanted that to happen, which is where the big difference comes in. Because uh, then Mr. Coli walks into the room, sees her tied up, goes, I think she might be contaminated by the alien. I'm just going to do a quick inspection or something along those lines. And then closes the door all coy, leaving the two of them in the room alone. And it's never talked about again, and we're supposed to let it go. Yeah, and they could have saved it easily with, like, just a fucking a, a kick because her legs aren't tied up and they, she kicked him right out of the room and then it would have also could have something completely different a kick or like they also could have saved it very easily by uh having it. someone look at him and go what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> and then shooting him in the face or they could have cut to the next scene and then cut back and just have like coli 
just like writing something down and being like, well, the inspection turned out well. And she's like, thank you for not doing anything. And he was like, what I said <laughs> I was, I said it was going to be an inspection. I'm a professional that after been a all. Hilarious twist. Yeah. That would have been so good. This was where the weird slow-mo started too. Yeah. It's like, the, the, it's like clipping or something. It was weird. Um, so yeah. Then they find out that Mrs. Brown took the spaceship for the yard sale, rummage sale, whatever. And they have to go get Switch. it back from them. But now there's a car chase between Coli and <laughs> the face Luke just made. Because he's going to get to talk about a car and a turlet. <laughs> uh, oh, oh yeah, we, we all know where this is going. Yeah, there's a car yeah. chase uh, between Coli and his gang and Tim and Martin. Martin shrinks the car, so they drive into a sewer. Um, yeah. And it lands yeah. in a toilet of a big old redneck man who's about to take a dump. The car shrink happened, and in real time, I had a note, and then cross it out, and had to do another one, and then a third one, because at first I was like, oh man, this is that G-Force scene, and then I was like, no man, it's Ant-Man, and then they <laughs> went in the sewer, and I was like, it's fucking Stuart Little! <laughs> I also love that they, as if we didn't get it, because there's a, there's a big dude, and he's sitting down on the turlet, like, we know what he's gonna do. There's a shadow of he has to comment. There's literally an ass cheek shadow. He's sitting on the toilet. Like, there's no... You don't need anything else but just to push... And this, I think, really defines the film with pushing it just a little bit farther than it needed to go as he says, man, I shouldn't have had that fourth burrito. Like, all right. <laughs> Honey, where's the newspaper? <laughs> I'm gonna be here for a minute. So they... Grow... In, it, in it for the long haul. <laughs> so they grow the car in the toilet and drive out with a man presumably still pooping. <laughs> and that guy's dead. Also know, dead. Yeah, also, also they also kill dead. him. <laughs> that man, they left a man dead in the street <laughs> with his dongle out. Covered in his own giant Covered shit. Covered in his own yeah. shit. <laughs> So the alternator is taken out of the car, put in the spaceship. Everything looks to be happy, but then Martin gets tranquilizer darted by Coli. Uh, they're taken to secret facility, and the ship grows when Tim convinces some scientists to grow the ship. There's a zoot fight, just as topical references. I didn't write them all down. And yep. um, this is the point when Lizzie chews the... Uh, Zook Chekhov's had, gun. Zook, Zook gets shot. Also, we're yes. supposed to feel bad for fabric. Yep. Um, Lizzie chews the Vinox seven gun, becomes a huge, terrifying CGI monster in a dress. Uh, this is when the exterior gum thing just gives me a little pause because she eats a full-grown man yeah. in one yes. bite. And it's not a dress. And turns back into a human and is just like, oh, that was interesting. And it's like, My you have a full-grown man who is taller <laughs> than you in your body right now. You are a cannibal. I have many <laughs> issues with trying to think of you as a romantic interest right now. I love it. I forgive all of it because this led to my favorite two lines in the film where she had just eaten the guy and he goes... You do something with your hair? And she's like, I'm so glad you noticed. And I'm like, that was brilliant. That was just brilliant writing. That is a nice little exchange, but I can't get past the fact that it's like, oh, well, like, Grace is the bad girl. She's mean and she's tough and evil. And Lizzie's the sweet little friend who ate a man alive. Connor, I need a man yeah. alive for you. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, I was like, I was fixated on it for a minute. And then immediately afterwards... We had to watch Lizzie cry about a suit that had been shot, and I just couldn't get past how mad I was about that. I'll eat a man, but fuck, I love this suit. <laughs> but it's okay, because, well, it's not okay. Martin is dead, and they extract his antenna, and they're zapping him with defibrillators. It's not working. And Zoot is also Which, dying. Which, by the way, the ex sorry, quick interjection. The extraction of the antenna was a surprisingly good practical effect. Yeah, it had goo on like, it. Like that looks real. That looks real good. It has some brain goo, man. 
But um, it's okay because when Zoot goes back on Martin, both are healed. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Sure. And they <laughs> so you're so over it and they escape and martin's about to leave but then coli captures him oh no but it's revealed that armitage was the original martian from 1963 and the original actor wait what i i just assumed coli won i turned the movie off right there yeah. Is that what I'm missing? uh but yeah they uh talk a few times about how like the incident of 63 and how like there might have been a martian his name was neenert fucking neenert or something and it's revealed that that's armitage and he's the actor from the original show so it's like haha reunited how funny this gum lost its flavor in 1964 whenever the show got canceled ha <laughs> uh wallace sean coli chews the martian gum becomes a martian and then swallows it so the army thinks he is martian Wallace Shawn, sure. who should be dead at this juncture. Because oh, yeah. I'll give you that Martin didn't die after you you zap paddled him for ten minutes straight while we were in another room eating a, a henchman. But like Wallace Shawn's just a regular guy, and they charge it up and they zap him. Well, yeah, they zap Wallace Shawn with the defibrillator to get him out of the way. But then also Coli and Niener or not Cole, like, God, Martin and Nina, like, do their little finger vague things on Coli, and, like, random parts of his body are growing and shrinking, and he sounds like he's in immense pain. And, like, it's not, it's not really saying what's happening to him, it's just, like, vague, bad photo booth effect. But, like, pain. I want to see My Favorite Martian 2 rebooted now where the enraged still martian uh dr coli uses his martian powers to break out of captivity because are you kidding me of course he can he has telekinesis and all sorts of other stuff and becomes a legit just like super villain he becomes the first xenomorph actually this is a prequel to alien more questions about the gum when he poop he turned back Probably, yeah. That's when they do, like, an x-ray on him, well, they'll be like, super weird, you have a fully human nervous system, and you sound just like Dr. Coli. <laughs> Don't you super have to swallow the gum weird. to poop it out? He does swallow the gum. What if that's the part... What if the... He did. What if that's the part they never told you about it, is if you swallow the gum, the gum it becomes real. It becomes permanent. <laughs> that's that, that would be an easy possibility just for Christopher Lloyd. It does Boyd take... To be like, Don't swallow it. It takes more time to gum for gum to pass through your body. Yeah. Uh, but so then, are you just like in limbo? Well, no. Then you're just—it's still in your body, so you're just kind of chilling there, unless it needs like the gum needs to be touching tooth. I don't know, man. I also, again, if we're talking about the shit that doesn't make sense, I don't like the aesthetic. I, I it was a cool callback. The spit up the gum thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were many moments in the film where he would, with the gum in his mouth, talk normally, not chew, and drink a full lava lamp without it being a problem. They did mention that he embedded he it in his back molar when they were doing, like, the, not autopsy, but, like, looking in his mouth. They're like, there's gum in his back molar. Should we do something about that? So why didn't he do that earlier? <laughs> Maybe Christopher Lloyd just wanted to chew gum on set. Uh, or maybe okay if he hang on oh, I'll give it to this if he has done this before and taken the Christopher Lloyd human form before he might have space in his back molar for it and then as soon as he takes another human form he can't do that I'll give him that I'll give him that's that that's an interesting point alright my favorite I think, Martian I, I see you I think we're thinking a little more about this than the people who made it oh 100% yes Um. so yeah everything's happy ever after Coli is alien Brace is conspiracy nut Billy is... Oh, Billy was uh, Brace's assistant who would just take her spit out gum and be like, I love show business. Uh, he's a reporter now. Uh, Tim and Lizzie are dating. And Martin and Zoot leave. And it's a nice little goodbye until he does a U-turn and comes immediately back and he's like, I want to stay with Tim. And it's just like setting up the beginning the of the show. And the final line of the movie is Zoot jumps in the washing machine and makes himself a my tide phenomenal imagine if tide pops had been around (laughs) (laughs) oh my god the jokes 
Can I can I also this is also irrelevant. We're gonna, I'm know we're about to compare this to another action movie, but I would like to compare this movie to uh, the movie Die Hard Two. Have y'all seen Die Hard Two? Interesting. Yup. Because there's a there's a line that appeared in both movies which played better in this one than it did in Die Hard Two. Uh, because uh, when when she's like maybe we should just be friends and he's like I have enough friends and then kisses her. It's kind of cute. In Die Hard Two. I forget who says it, but Bill, uh, but uh, what's his, uh, Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis uses that as a response line right before killing a terrorist. Someone makes a comment about like being his friend, but like ironic, like a friend, blah blah blah. And he's like riding away from a plane, and he goes, "I have enough friends," and kills a terrorist. I'm like, it doesn't quite, it doesn't quite read the same way, but it's the same exact line. Anyway, sorry, just a little meandering. And uh, just a little fun fact that I noticed. Uh, one of the co-writers on this is Sherry Stoner. Uh, nice. If you ever saw Animaniac, she wrote on that and was the voice of Slappy oh, cool. the Squirrel. And cool. she was also like the body model for Belle and Ariel. But that's just yeah. it's just a name I recognize. I'm like, what she's do- what is she doing here? Anyway, um, yeah, so that's My Favorite Martian. Uh, what a film. And now we're going to move on to our criteria where we compare it to The Pacifier. We do it every week. But right before that, Josh, you said you had one big note about The Pacifier. Yeah. A specific yeah. Okay. thing. Oh, my God. I've got so many things. There's really just so many things. But there's one I want to talk about. I actually asked you ahead of time if this had been talked about yet and you didn't know what I was talking about, which made me ultimately happy. So we, we can discuss this. Can, can you tell me um, the abbreviated name for the secret thing they were trying to find the whole movie? Wasn't it Ghost? Ghost. Yeah, Ghost, right? Ghost. Do you remember what that's an acronym for? Because um, they drop it once pretty quickly, and I guess the writers just wrote it and hoped everyone wouldn't notice, but it's Guided High Altitude Satellite Transmitter. That's gas. Does that spell ghost? That's gas. It does not spell ghost. <laughs> I, I literally paused the movie. I paused the movie and went back and watched it again and listened really close. I'm like, no, that was definitely guided high altitude satellite transmitter. And then just say it really quick and hope you won't notice, but I notice. <laughs> and it's it's just not ghost. And the whole movie, the whole, and I would forgive it if like if they if they ever like if we ever saw it written, it was like G H S T and like maybe they just like put the O in there and high altitude is meant to be one. But they didn't. It's just ghost and they just did it wrong. And like they even do the okay, joke of like over. this is ghost and then they the movie, put it yeah. in and it's the movie ghost, which is a joke I did not understand the first time I saw it. And I was like, Mom, why is Whoopi Yes. I was like, Mom, why is Whoopi Goldberg in this secret military thing? She's like, No, that's ghost. I'm like, Yeah, I know. That's what it said on the D V D, but I don't understand. All right. Yeah, so that's uh, that's all I want to say. Again, I have a lot of notes, but that's the main thing. I'm, you guys have talked plenty about this movie, I'm sure, so hit me with the criteria. I'm excited to see this. All right, so first up, how is the soundtrack? It's uh, pretty 90s as hell. We got a uh, hot, hot, hot on it. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, it happened. That's fine. <laughs> I was, I wish I'd known the criteria before going in, actually, because I, uh, I, I didn't pay too much attention to the soundtrack, actually, but uh, I guess it was good. We sent it to you, I thought. <laughs> I wish I had read the criteria, but <laughs> I'm, I'm so sorry. That's okay. I did all my homework. I did all my homework except for that. I'm sorry. Uh, most of them are, can be done off the top of the head. Uh, um, all right, let's do. Except this. this one's the tough one for me, uh, especially for this movie. Where does the main actor land on the dieselometer, which is a comparison to Vin Diesel performances based on charm and ability? I would say this. Would you say the lead is Christopher Lloyd or Jeff Daniels? Uh, I think you could go either uh, way. Mine is a Jeff Daniels. I was thinking Jeff Daniels for mine as well. I would say I would say Jeff Daniels. Yeah. All right. Are you proud of me? I got the actor name right. <laughs> I was the one who played Tim, right? Yeah, it's Drew Gooden's nemesis. Um, <laughs> Luke. So, um, do, do you want my? Do, do I give my take first? Yeah, you, can you guys, give your take. How do we do this? Yeah, go for it. I I would say uh, way better than Vin Diesel. Okay. Because Vin Diesel, in my opinion, was did not understand the kind of movie that was trying to be made or didn't do a good job with it. Uh, there were many times his performance, I'm like, oh my god, I wish this was Brain the Rock Johnson instead. Because uh, he's a, another uh, uh, big big fighter dude who understands how acting works. That movie came two years <laughs> later and it was called The Game Plan. <laughs> it's fantastic. Uh, uh, <laughs> Alright, Luke, what's your uh, dieselometer? Feeds into the feud some more. Yeah. <laughs> um, I put this as 
the cameo at the end of Tokyo Drift um, because there had been some contract stuff. This was like when Vin Diesel was deciding to come back and he like he didn't sign on for two. He thought it sounded dumb or whatever. And then he also did the one triple X movie and then that mm-hmm. had really stuck. He- so he came back here. Um, so there's like not a lot of there's not a lot of skin in the game. We don't know what's gonna come with it. Um, and it's like pretty low energy. Um, and the reason that it holds any weight, the reason that you remember it is because of the actor themselves charisma, uh, and that comes in. So I think like Jeff Daniels was kind of low energy for me. He was kind of, but he was Jeff Daniels. He was all right. He was very much just doing like a, I'm freaked out performance. Uh, so I'm going to make this, um, all I wrote was tough for it, so I'm kind of coming up with it based on what you said. Uh, this is Vin Diesel's performance when he looks at how badly uh, Ice Cube's Triple X movie bombed and was freaked out that his franchise that he started and then left would end up being a laughing stock. Nice. I'm going to let you guys answer the questions first from now on, so I understand them better. <laughs> well, that's, that's the one specific one that's tough. Uh, Next up we have, did I like this as a kid or would I have liked it as a kid? You've known mine the entire time. (laughs) No scary. Um, I think I would have. I think I would have. I dare say more. I was laughing. There was decent physical comedy. There was good writing in it. I think I would have, some of the jokes I think that uh, I would have tickled my sense of humor back then more so even than it did now. And the jokes that weren't appropriate would have gone right over my head, so I wouldn't have been put off by it. Okay, that's completely understandable. Uh, The next one is, what has the director gone on to do? So this is Donald Petrie. He did uh, Miss Congeniality, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, Welcome to Mooseport, uh, Little Italy, which I think Uh, is a movie starring Hayden Christensen and Emma Roberts. You got any more? Got any more of those movies he's done? Um, uh, boy. Uh, let me pull up the IMDb because now. It's fine. It's totally fine if not. I just wanted to let you know that I've seen a grand total of zero of those movies. I've seen a <laughs> lot of clips of them on TV, and I am fully aware that uh, Ray Romano is in Welcome to Mooseport, because I just like Ray Romano. Um, I've seen the cover of that DVD. Yeah, that too. Uh, before this, he did uh, the Richie Rich movie, Grumpy Old Men mystic pizza what an episode of what's missed what's mystic pizza three teenage girls come of age while working at a pizza parlor in the connecticut town of mystic is that the one with oh. the, the uh the essay oh. it's is oh, it's young julia is there Rons. magic in the film no is there magic okay never mind i lost all my interest <laughs> that's the second you got excited i'm like oh no that's I'm gonna break that's heart. really deceptive that's very deceptive uh there was a musical version of it oh in, my god it is that one yeah in 30 rock oh no never mind that what are you talking another... <laughs> we both just had a very excited very disappointed <laughs> Wait, what do you moment. think it is uh there's another movie with a maybe that pizza place is in maine um that was turned into like a real musical oh um, uh it's not bridges over madison county is it no, no no i know what you're talking about we saw a scene from it at festival yeah and it was and a, it was really a good song in it called forest for the trees yeah. yes i know what you're talking about it's not yeah. mystic pizza um all right moving on uh is there anything as memorable in this movie as the peter panda dance from the pacifier Hmm. For me, it was the no. For me, it was the scary CG. That's fair. Uh, I, this is tough. I don't know what memorable would be because I literally watched it again. Well, yeah. I, I started watching it at six o'clock, so um, I would say for me, I thoroughly. I'm gonna remember the line. Uh, I have enough friends because of the weird relation I have. But that's <laughs> yeah. not like memorable in the film itself. So. I'm going to say no for me. I don't think so. I think the Peter Pan dance slapped. And uh, that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> it is absolutely uh, incredible. Uh, I give it to the hand licking. Interesting. <laughs> hand licking that's going to stick good. right with me. <laughs> uh, next up, 
is uh who is the brad garrett slash carol kane insane side character of this film they don't have to be a good guy they don't have to be a bad guy they just have to be memorable and a little bit crazy nicolai all right <laughs> what do you have luke That's, i'm just gonna drop that one on the floor <laughs> i give this one to zoot i gave it to zoot too oh shit <laughs> i didn't, literally didn't even think about that <laughs> You said it doesn't have to be a good guy. I'm like, great, it's E. coli. Yeah, because well, Brad Garrett's not a good guy in The Pacifier. He's a bad dude. He's great and one of my favorite characters, but... Ooh, ooh, help me out. Who's Brad Garrett? Uh, he's the wrestling coach. The guy who plays... Mo- yes, yeah. okay, got it, got it, got it. And speaking of Brad Garrett, the last thing on the criteria before our ranking and rating is... Is there anything in this movie that's more batshit insane than the Sound of Music subplot in The Pacifier? Which, in case you don't remember, is about is a subplot that's about two scenes long, introduced with maybe 20 minutes left in the film, where Seth, one of the boys Vin Diesel is watching, is discovered with bleached hair and a Nazi armband in his locker. Everyone assumes that he is a Nazi, because like, he looks like he's being a Nazi, so Vin Diesel follows him on a children's bike to discover that he's not a Nazi, He's just, yeah. He's just playing Rolf in a community theater production of *The Sound of Music* with a forty-year-old Liesel. Which, by the way, can I just uh, come in really quick uh, to sidetrack this and derail us and say, what poor theater etiquette to keep a prop in your locker at school? How dare you? Yeah, no, that's. <laughs> what were you doing with that prop in your locker? Yeah. Hey, you, Especially you should know better, even one. if it's <laughs> yeah. right. Like you should know better on at the best of props. Like maybe it's like a cool like plastic knife that you thought was fun, but no. Why? What? Like why are you bringing that to school? You don't rehearse at school. Wait, why? No, yeah, it's keep not it a school the production. That's the weirder part. <laughs> anyway, um, was there anything more batshit than that? I don't know, the rape joke? Does that count? <laughs> yeah, no, that absolutely counts. I said how close to a horror movie it was for me. <laughs> or or, or this, the bit you talked about with her swallowing a human man and thinking that's not a big deal. Right. Uh, I give it to the, the suit getting shot. <laughs> and the movie trying to push us to think like, oh my god, the suit is going to die. That was also pretty good. Yeah. Uh, okay, and finally we have our ranking, which we usually just do like a number ranking with nonsense titles, and our rating against the pacifier. Uh, I gave it one and a half gumballs out of seven. I don't think it's even close to as good as the pacifier. I, uh, I gave it a, a big league chew bucket full of women's underwear, and it's not better. Uh, I would give it a secret pen recording the entirety of Pacifier from the movie theater. Uh, and honestly, I don't know why that's a particular one, but I personally do think it is better. All right. I enjoyed it significantly more than the Pacifier. Well, get the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for having me, yeah. guys. <laughs> and that's it. Goodbye. Nope. Wait. I'm going to crawl into the garbage where I belong. <laughs> well, before we go, we uh, that was our discussion on My Favorite Martian. And thank you, Josh, for being here. Now, Josh is going to have a movie for us to watch next week, and he's going to give us some hints so we can try to guess what it is. It's time to play the coming attractions game, so take it away, Josh. Uh, okay. So, uh, let's, I'll start hard and make my way to simpler and simpler hints uh, as it goes on. Um, so, this movie is based off of graphic novels. So, just keep... Keep rattling off hints. Yeah, but I think I have an idea. Do you you want to guess right now? Because I think you might have it. Is this Scott Pilgrim? Hell yeah, it's Scott Pilgrim. Hell yeah. (laughs) Damn it, it was too easy. My next one was going to be seven as a significant number, and that was definitely Okay, yeah, sorry. Uh, I got it so No, that's okay. That's perfect. Yeah, it's Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Absolutely. Cool. Cool. There was actually, uh, when we got year one, there was we got three options and one of the options was scott pilgrim and i was like i'm not gonna choose scott pilgrim because i want to do something different but i'm really excited to talk about scott pilgrim delightful i really should have i know other movies based on graphic novels i really should have gone for something more obscure but uh i do like i do like that anyway i think so the fact I'll, I'll stick to my guess i think the fact that you said novels uh was like yeah that was a giveaway. <laughs> oh i didn't hear the s <laughs> the other one that fits into that category is um uh shoot not princess mononoke that's uh, another ghibli flick um nausicaa in the valley of the wind true 
which was based off four graphic novels in which the movie was way nicer and way cleaner and way cuter than the brutally murderous graphic novels that I truly genuinely loved. Anyway. Well, tune in next week to hear us talk about Scott Pilgrim versus the world, which I believe is now streaming on Netflix. And with another special guest. And thank you very much for being on, Josh. Do you have anything you want to plug? Actually, that would be great. I'm actually working on my own podcast right now. Um, It's called Crypt ID. Two separate words, crypt and then I period, D period. Uh, You can find it at, uh, I believe, cryptid.podbean.com. But if not, I'll just send Connor the link and he will edit in me saying it really awkwardly later. Um... (laughs) And uh, it's it's sort of like it's sort of getting into spooky season. It, this this is remember way way earlier when I said I had a thing about like hard to say. This is that thing. Uh, so here we go. Uh, which is this mo- This podcast is to horror what like Frank's Red Hot is to hot sauces. Like aesthetically, it's the same concept, but it's not going to make anyone sweat. It's not. It's a spooky aesthetic. Uh, at best but i think it's a lot of fun uh episode three actually goes live tomorrow when we're recording this so it will all be live when you're here uh we're gonna be released every other friday and uh if you want to follow a a creepy little story uh we'd love to have you awesome and and luke do you want to do your chicken plug shit oh my god i almost forgot uh (laughs) how can you forget your chicken (laughs) plug i know um yeah well at the time of recording none of you have done this yet so uh if if anyone anywhere out there is listening and you can get me in touch with the uh the people who used to own the rafters bar and grill in amherst massachusetts that has since closed and i'm desperately desperately seeking the recipe for the yukon gold chicken wing sauce uh please help us facilitate this goal and you can give him the recipe for the yukon gold chicken sauce by calling our no highway option highway patrol tip line at 301-941-7493 or 301-941-SIZE if you remember words better than numbers it's uh yeah leave a message there i did a test one myself and it works you can you know just leave any kind of message you want about the show something you thought about a movie we watched if you want to claim a movie we can't stop you if you put it on the message machine (laughs) and yeah, along with that, follow our socials at No Highway Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and No Highway Option on YouTube. And I think that's it for plugs. I know I'm going to be on a show called I Like to Like Things, but I don't know if that'll be out by the time this airs. And yeah. Yeah, I have one, but it's not till December. Yeah, I think my other one's not till December as well. And uh, thank you so much for to ian c weber for composing our theme song uh luke do you have something that the c stands for Uh, chrysalis ian chrysalis weber you can follow the link in our show notes to hear more of his stuff and we all good we got everything that's the shit all right thanks for having me guys of course thank you for being on So, uh, tune in next week for Scott Pilgrim versus the world. But before we do that, hi, it's Connor from the future. We're going to have a birthday bonus episode for Luke. Luke chose a movie and he's going to be in charge of the entire episode because his birthday is coming up very soon. So, before we take on the League of Evil Exes, we're actually going to be taking on an entirely different League of X. This Friday, that's November... What is it? November 13th? Yeah, it's Friday the 13th. That's when Freaky comes out. This Friday, the 13th of November, in your podcast feeds, it's going to be a brand new episode all about the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Tune in. And for No Highway Option, I've been Connor. And I've been Luke. And as always... And I've been Connor. And as always, these have been our opinions. And if you didn't agree with them, that is too bad because it is our way. No No highway
for a special announcement. Hey, Luke, what's some things you can do with a telephone? Um, if there was, like, a really mad goose in your house, um, you could hit the goose with the telephone. Oh, or you could call in to your favorite Vin Diesel-based podcast. This one. We have a hotline now. 301-941-7493. Or, if you like to think about words, that's 301-941-SIZE. Size. Um, it's size because that's all Google Voice could give me when I wanted to find one that had a word in it. It's because by doing these phone calls, you could help us increase our listener size. There you go. Give us a call. Let's see if this experiment works. Again, that's 301-941-7493 or 301-941-SIZE. Give us a call. Okay, bye. The theme music for No Highway Option was created by Ian C. Weber. To hear more of Ian's music and see some of his videos and stuff, follow the new link in our show description. No Highway Option was co-created and co-hosted by Connor J. Burke and Luke Smith and produced by Connor.